We are in a series called God Pleasers, and at the tail end of last Sunday, uh, Sunday morning's message, uh, my voice went out me a little bit, so I didn't quite get out everything I wanted to get out, but I want to continue in this series on the life of faith. We must know this beyond any shadow of a doubt, that faith absolutely pleases God. In Hebrews eleven six, he says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we see then that God is very pleased when we live our lives by faith. Now we're instructed at least three or four times in the word of God, I think it's Habakkuk, in Romans chapter 1, in Galatians 3.11, and then in Hebrews chapter, I believe it's chapter 12, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Romans says that this this way, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. I have a question for you this morning. How shall the just live? Who are the just? We are the just. We are those that have been justified, and as those have been justified are to live by faith. Now, If we're going to live by and walk by faith, we need to make sure that our spirit man is well fed. Now, the scripture talks about in, in one of the epistles to Timothy that we are to be nourished up in the words of faith. Just like you can be nourished in a good meal after church or a good meal this afternoon, if you eat the proper food, it becomes nourishment to your body. It brings nutrients. And so, when you come to a church like this, you ought to be well-fed. You should be well-fed. And so that we can receive the nourishment from God's Word that we need for our spirit man. So that we can develop and grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen? And of course, we don't want to wait until we come to church to feed. We want to feed ourselves the Word of God regularly. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jeremiah said it this way. He said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And so it's important then that we find the word and that we eat the word. One way that we can eat the word is by meditating on God's word. Meditating, in a sense, is like chewing the cud. You know, cows chew the cud. Well, we're not cows. We're human beings. But God's given us the ability to chew on, to feed on God's Word. And as we do, praise God, it becomes health to our spirit, to our soul, and to our body. I kind of like how uh, uh, Job 23.12 says in the Amplified Version. They're going to pull that up. Notice with me it says, I've not gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow, that's something. That's quite a statement right there. And then we look at Psalms 119, verse 103, in the message translation. Notice what it says. Your words are so choice and so tasty, I prefer them to the best home cooking. Now, come on. Everybody likes home cooking, right? I especially like home cooking. My home cooking is really, really good. I feel sorry for guys that don't have a wife that can cook. 
Well, why you say it that way? You should be saying, I feel sorry for women that don't have a husband that can cook. All right. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Praise the Lord. Home cooking is good cooking. Praise God. Now, I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and notice with me in the 13th verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Praise the Lord. Now, when he says, I have esteemed his words, I've treasured his words. That word esteem means to hide, to hoard, to store, or to lay up. Brenda and I were talking about, you know, she grew up on a farm. We were talking before we came out this morning. And what they would do is they would can and they would preserve their vegetables that they would get. One of the main things that they would can and preserve was green beans. Another thing that they would can and preserve was tomatoes. So they could make good spaghetti sauce all winter long. And she said, Randy, who is her youngest brother, would go down in the cellar because they would, they would can and preserve pickles. And they'd find them down there in the middle of the afternoon with a great big jar of pickles open and almost gone. So that's what they do. They can, they hoard up, they store. So when you esteem and treasure God's word, what you are doing is you're canning it. Amen? You're canning it, you're preserving it down in your heart, and when you need it, it will be there. Praise God. Praise God. So faith, then, is expressed by believing and speaking. In 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and we notice in verse 13, it says this, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I, what? Spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Amen. So we see this connection by believing and speaking. Very, very interesting. I like the fact that he says, we having the same spirit of faith. Did you know that you have the same spirit of faith that David had? What did David do? He expressed his faith when he ran toward the giant Goliath. He said, you coming after me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming toward you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And we know what happened to Goliath. Goliath fell that day big time. Why? Because David had the spirit of faith. He was not moved by all of his chiding. He was not moved by all of the insults that he was giving toward the children of Israel. David said, hey, what's going to happen to the man that takes this big boy down? And they told him what was going to happen. He says, I'm on it right now. And so he went out, praise God. He slew the lion, he slew the bear, and he slew Goliath. Now here's a word of knowledge right here. Or a word of wisdom, rather. Don't try to slay, slew Goliath before you take care of the bear or the lion. Know where you're at in faith. Be humble enough to recognize and understand where you are and where you're not. And that will set you free right there. But you know what? We also have the same spirit of faith that Caleb had. Now, how many of you remember that Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the land? And 10 of the spies came back with an evil report. They said, there's no way that we can go in and possess the land because there's giants in the land. And they're men of huge stature. There's just no way. There's no way. In other words, our defense has departed from us and we'll be like bread for them. But Caleb, you see, said this. Caleb in uh, 
in, uh, in, let's see, Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24. Here's what it says about Caleb in the Amplified Version. But my servant Caleb, now notice this, because he has a what? He had a different spirit. The ten had a spirit of fear. The two, Joshua and Caleb, had a different spirit. They had the spirit of faith. And there is a great difference between a man or a woman who has the spirit of faith than rather the spirit of fear. Now notice what his spirit of faith, this different spirit, positioned him for. Because he has a different spirit, and he followed me completely, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Glory to God. Look what Caleb said to them in Numbers 13, verse 30. When all of this doubt and unbelief was taking place, Caleb said, time out. Time out, Numbers 13, 30. Time out. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said. In other words, he had to say something. Something needed to be said. There are some things that need to be said in the atmosphere in which we live today. There are some things that need to be said about our bodies. There are some things that need to be said about our minds. There are some things that need to be said about our finances. So Caleb stilled the people. He just needed them to shut up. Now I don't recommend you going around telling people to shut up. But I do recommend you and I having a different spirit. A faithful spirit. A spirit of faith. So Caleb stilled the people before Moses. And here's what he said. Let us, not just two of us, but let's all go up at once. Let's do this without delay. God said, spy out the land and go take it. Period. And so he said, let us go up next Tuesday. See, now is the day of your deliverance. Now is your day to leave the drugs alone. Now is your day to throw the cigarettes away. Hey, glory to God. Now is your day of freedom. Let us go up at once. Now notice, and possess it. It was already theirs, but for it to be a reality, they had to possess it. Let's read the rest of the verse together. For we... We're well able. Folks, your sufficiency is of God. Your ability is not in your natural self. Your ability is in your supernatural self, the new creation, the new species that never existed before. Come on, somebody say, my sufficiency is of God. So, you know, Caleb and Joshua, they tried their best. But possessing of the land was delayed by 45 years. There was a whole generation that didn't make it in. Now, why didn't they make it in? Well, it must not have been God's will for them to make it in. No, it was God's will for them to make it in. They talked themselves out of it. 
And I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of what God says is ours. Why do we do that? Because of the circumstances. Because of the pressure. Because of the things that come against us. Those things are real. But God's word is more real. So, basically, it took years and years for Joshua and Caleb to get in. So there's one day, 45 years later, Caleb is visiting visiting Joshua. And he said to him, Remember? Remember the thing that God spoke to us? Oh, several years ago? Now let's bring it up in Numbers and let's follow this. Numbers chapter four chapter four or Joshua chapter fourteen, seven through twelve. He said, Now I was forty years old. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him again as the word was in my heart. Let's follow it right down through verse 12. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But what did I do? I wholly followed the Lord. Verse 9. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be your inheritance. And thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord your God. Verse 10. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Will the Lord keep you alive to see your possession? The Lord kept me alive as he said these 40 and 5 years. He was 40 at that time that we read before. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while... The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. How old is that? Eighty-five years old. Just think about it. He's 85, and he's just getting started. Hey. Now, notice this. This is confession. This is what he believed. This is what he spoke. And yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me as my strength was then even so is my strength now for war both to go out he had a a different spirit we have a different spirit next verse Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Whereof the Lord spake in that day. See, he didn't quit. And because he didn't quit and because he stayed in faith, they were able to go in and get their full inheritance. What mountain is it that you need to take? What vision has God placed in your heart? What promises has he given you concerning your life? Maybe concerning your business, concerning your family. Don't be moved just because it hasn't happened yet. In the mind of God, it's already yours. 
So don't allow yourself to be talked out of what your inheritance is. You and I, we all have an inheritance. Praise God. And so what we need to do then is keep believing. And keep speaking. And keep acting on what we have heard. You see, in simple terms, one great definition of faith is faith is simply acting on the word. Or we could say it this way, faith is acting on what we believe. So when we see it in the word and we believe it, then we act as if it were true. In other words, we act as if it were already ours. Because in the mind of God and in the realm of the Spirit, it is yours. So stop looking then at the things that are subject to change. And start looking at the things that are unchangeable. Yeah, but my body is bad. My body is bad. My body is bad. If your body can go from good to bad, it can go from bad to good. Can it? How many of you can testify that that's happened to you? Time and time and time again. Well, but my finances are bad. Well, we're not going to argue that with you. But if your finances can go from good to bad, guess what? They can go from bad to good. And why is that? Because God is good. Oh, how great is your goodness that you've laid up for those who will walk by faith and not by sight. So continue now to hold fast to the profession of your faith. Do not waver, but continue to stay steady and to hold fast, saith the Lord. For as you hold fast to what I've already said, I would remind you that I am the high priest of your profession. I'm the high priest of your confession. And I'm watching over your faith. I'm watching over your words to perform them. So give me something to work with because I am a God who will work with your words. The very universe was created by words. Amen? And if you want to frame your world, and if you want your world to be better, start framing your world through the words of God, through the words of faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Drive home safely. God bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. You show me faith, people, and I'll show you a bunch that is saying some things. I'll show you a bunch that are making some decrees. They're declaring some things. And they're calling some things. Be not as though they were. Mark Hankins said this, that God's word was spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken.
You want me to say that again? God's word was spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken. So find out what is written and speak it. Then he went on to say that God changes lives through mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. What does that mean? That means he puts his word in our mouth to bring salvation, to bring healing, and to bring blessing. Amen? I think we ought to take a praise break. I think we ought to just thank God for it. Hallelujah. He didn't leave us alone. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's given us his word. Hallelujah. It was written so it could be spoken. So why aren't you speaking the word then? Did you hear that? Did you feel that? (laughs) Maybe a better way to say that. Let's get caught up. Amen. Be a doer of God's word. I heard many years ago that one of the main ways that you and I become doers of God's word is by speaking God's word. Think about that. When you're saying and declaring what he has said, you're actually being a doer of the word. Say it with me. I am. am. I'm a doer. doer. I am a doer. doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. God. I am a speaker speaker of faith-filled words. Now, if you feed all day on fear-filled words, you're behind. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will leak. Folks, whatever in there is going to come out. Hallelujah. So then we need to make sure then that we are depositing the right things in our heart. Proverbs said it like this, protect your spirit with all diligence for out of your spirit will flow the issues of life. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And I want you to uh, keep that verse up there for a few moments while we talk about it. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. That word profession literally is confession. And what this literally is saying in the Greek is, let us hold fast to saying the same thing. Let us hold fast to saying the same thing. In other words, find out what God said. Find out what he said. And then say what he said. And if you will find out what he said, and if you say what he said, you will have what you say. You will. Now, it may not happen overnight. It may not manifest overnight. But I can remember back in 1975, before I met Brenda, 1976, I can remember getting that little book by Charles Capps called God's Creative Power. 
And I can remember walking down the highway in Oklahoma. I didn't have a car. This is before I met Brenda. I was on my way to work at the machine shop. What a joke that was. <laughs> Folks, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My dad was a salesman. He didn't know the difference between a hammer and a screwdriver, and neither did I. <laughs> Not proud of that, just saying that's how it was. Not only that, but I was only six months off drugs. So there were some things that were being shifted in my soul. <laughs> there, was, there was some mind renewal taking place. But, but one thing that, that happened to me, I got, I got hold of the concept of speaking God's word. And so I would walk down the highway on my way to be picked up by someone that would take me to the place of work and I would just confess God's word. I would confess it. I would say it. I would praise God over it. And I, I tell you what, my spirit man started getting built up. And I did that every day and every day and every day. And suddenly, the things that I've been saying started registering in my spirit. In other words, it wasn't just words anymore. They were words that dropped from my soul right down into my spirit. And it started to change my life. So if you will find out what he said and say what he said, you will have what you say. I mean, over the process of time. Say with me, I will have what he said. And then as you act on what he said... His power will be released to see to what what you're saying comes to pass. F.F. F. Bosworth said this. If you don't have F.F. F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer, get it. It is a great book on healing. But he also has a chapter in his book uh, called Confession. He said this. Your success and usefulness in this world will be measured by your confession and your tenacity to hold fast to that confession. So Jesus, we see then, is the high priest of our confession. But listen to this statement. The door to the supernatural swings on two hinges. I'm going to say it again. The door to the supernatural. I don't want to live a natural life. I want to live a supernatural life. The door to the supernatural swings on two hinges. And it's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Notice this. He said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, what will happen? Without a doubt, you will be saved. Now notice in verse 10. And I want you to read it with me. He says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you want to get to salvation, this is the road to take. This is the road to take. The two hinges are believing and speaking. One man of God said it this way, Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Your voice 
is your address in the realm of the Spirit. If you want cargo to come, if you want to get unto salvation, you must take the road of believing in your heart and saying you're with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That is the greatest thing that could ever happen to your life. Total salvation. Christianity is called the great confession. It'll take you out of darkness and bring you into light. But salvation is an all-inclusive word. It'll take you out of disease and bring you into health. It'll take you out of poverty and bring you into abundance. If you want to get unto your promised land, this is the road. And don't be casual about it. Just because you've been in church for decades and decades... Faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of the living God. I like that. Say this to me. Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Semis are coming. Blessings are coming. Hallelujah. The trucks are coming. The camels are coming. They're loaded down. They're loaded up. No wonder he said he lady loads us with benefits. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 verse 20. You guys listen so good I could preach a few more minutes. I wouldn't recommend sleeping during a message like this. Not only is it rude, but you're missing something. Yeah, but Pastor, I I want you to swing from the chandeliers like you did last week. Have you noticed there's no chandeliers today? This is what's on the menu. And this is feeding you. So don't sleep. Wake up. You know, when we were in Beirut, Lebanon, years ago with Keith Hershey, we went over there to what they call the Kingdom Fiesta. Keith's one of our faves, isn't he? And he's going to be here on October 10th. And you'll appreciate that. You'll love that. Praise God. Well, we went over to Kingdom Fiesta and we did a pastor's conference during the day. Brenda and I spoke with some others. And then the Kingdom Fiesta at night. I'm telling you, it was so good. Muslims getting saved. Muslims getting healed. I wonder, does God love Muslims? You bet he loves Muslims. He loves everybody. We were over there for days and days and days. And we started getting hungry for some American food. I mean, hummus is good, but you can only eat so much hummus. So we had a a layover in London. So we went to London. And we went to, I believe it's a place called Herod's. Yeah. Herod's. And what they had, they they have a noontime, full bore, I mean, no hold barred, huge prime rib dinner 
I mean, white cloth. and I mean, the place which we were... It was so good we just started praying in tongues. <laughs> you ever eaten a meal so good you just... Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> See, when you pray in tongues, you can give thanks well. But we sat at that table, and I noticed Brenda didn't fall out. She didn't sleep. She didn't nod up. I didn't nod up. Why? Because there was something good on the table. And there's always something good on the table here at Heart of the Bay. And I'm not lifting me up, but don't take your church for granted by having a casual spirit. And that not only has to do with when you're getting fed the Word of God, but it also has to do when Pastor Tom is leading you in worship. We should not be standing around like this during worship, checking people's hairdos out. We bring the sacrifice and pray. No, we're not like that here. And I've got another message for you. We're never going to be like that here. We're, we're never going to come and sit up with the dead. What has happened in this pandemic has been an awful thing. But one of the things that we should really, really appreciate is the fact that we have freedom to worship together. And nobody is going to take that freedom away. I'm going to preach just a moment longer on that. I said nobody... is going to take my praise away. Nobody's going to take my table away that he has prepared for me in the wilderness. Nobody is going to take my bread away. Nobody's going to take my joy away. Nobody's going to take my peace away. Nobody, nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to take away what Jesus fought for, what Jesus bled for, what Jesus hurled back the host of darkness for. Nobody's going to talk me out of it. They say, they say, they say, they say, but what do you say? I say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I say, it's time to worship God. It's time to give him some praise in the house. That's just in case you were wondering. Come on, lift up your hands and let's praise Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can't nobody do us like Jesus. 
can't nobody feed us like Jesus. He is the son of the living God. He's raised from the dead. He is the high priest of our confession. He's watching over his word to perform it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Therefore, we're going to speak life. We're going to praise in the light. We're going to rejoice in the light. And we're going to have life and have it more abundantly. Nobody. Nobody. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna hold this body down. Ain't nobody. When the rapture of the church happens, nobody's gonna mandate me and say, you can't go. No, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody gonna hold this body down ain't nobody gonna hold back the church of the living God the very gates of hell shall not prevail against the anointed one glory to God ha 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 ain't nobody gonna hold your body down so get rid of the frown Jesus is coming soon The greatest move of God this world has ever seen is about to come to pass. None of us really know what that looks like. Because we've not been here before. But we're coming. We're coming. And it's all about the fact that He's coming. So what's happening in the stage of the world... What's happening in the Middle East, a lot of these things must happen because the stage is being shut. There's coming a day, praise, whoo, glory to God. There's coming a day when they'll all come together against Israel. Ezekiel 37 and 38. But Jesus is going to catch us away. Glory to God. The Antichrist will be revealed. But we're not bummed out by the Antichrist because we have the Christ. Hallelujah. We have the Son of the living God. Well, the Antichrist is all, the Antichrist spirit's already in the world. Yeah, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. Greater is the Christ that is in you than the Antichrist. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Shekhar Messiah. He's coming. Jesus is coming soon. It may be morning. It may be night. It may be noon. But Jesus is coming soon. Some of us are going to have to take horse flight lessons. Because he's coming on a white horse. And we're coming with him. So all these things. Wars. Rumors of wars. In diverse places. Earthquakes here. Earthquakes there. Hurricanes there. Hurricanes there. Jesus said these things will happen. But he said when they begin. The earth begins to show earth pains. He said look up. He said look up. He didn't say, look out. 
He said, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Oh, let's raise our hands. Thank you, Lord. You are our Redeemer. And our Redeemer liveth. And you're coming soon. Soon and very soon. We're going to see the King. So death and life are in the power of your tongue. Therefore, I encourage you to speak words of life over your body, over your mind, over your finances, over your nation. The words that we speak are extremely valuable. He says, the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. In Proverbs 12, 14, he says, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his lips. In Proverbs 12, 18 says this, the tongue of the wise brings healing. In Proverbs 13, 3, he says, he that keepeth his mouth keeps his life. Proverbs 14, 3, the lips of the wise shall preserve them. And as Pastor Tom comes, I've just got a couple more things I need to say. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. I heard this yesterday in my spirit as I was preparing. Pastor Mark, I really need some things to change. And I really need some things to turn around. How many of you need some things to change? How many of you need some things to turn around? The book of James makes it very clear that the tongue controls not only the body, but the destiny and quality of our lives as well. Read James, the third chapter this afternoon as your assignment. But I just want to quote to you James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 out of the message translation. Will you read it with me? Ready? Read. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. Verse 5. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Keep that up there. The words of your mouth may seem of no account. You may be declaring God's word regularly, haven't seen anything yet, but it can accomplish nearly everything. Friend, your tongue to your life is what your steering wheel is to your car. And if you don't like the direction that your life is going in, if you need to see things change and you need to things turn around, turn your words. Go in another direction so your life can go in another direction. It may not happen overnight, but I hear the Spirit of God saying, over the process of time, things will change, things will turn around. So why not start today? Lift up both hands and say, thank God. I am more than a conqueror through Him that loved me. My tongue brings forth healing power. Therefore, I agree with the Word of God. What he has said, I boldly say today, Jesus is my healer. 
Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my sanctifier. Jesus, you are my redeemer. I declare boldly today that I have been redeemed. I'm not under the curse. I'm under the blessing. Do you believe Jesus is coming soon? Do you want to have days of heaven upon earth? Then keep your tongue aligned with the word of God and you will see the glory of the Lord show up in every area of your life. I think it's time to sing. I think it's time to shout. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.